Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, babe. It is me, Diana Jebbia, the host of the Believe in Bravo Besties podcast. You can follow me at Diana Jebbia on Instagram, G-E-B-B-I-A. And on TikTok as well, where Tom Sandoval just liked a video of mine. And I feel like that's more of an accomplishment because I don't really see Bravo Lebs on TikTok all that much. So I'm bragging about it. Hey, while we're talking about following stuff before we get started into this episode, make sure you go ahead and follow Believe Podcasts and Believe Pop Culture on Instagram. Remember, Believe is spelled B-L-E-A-V. We're not even a minute in and I've already given you all the spelling lessons, okay? We have a lot to cover today, so why don't we just get into it? Grab your wine or whatever. Today I'm drinking a rosé from Costco. Okay, it's Kirkland brand, and I feel like I've reached a new level of adult now that I'm drinking Costco brand wine, even though I do not have a membership and my mother bought it for me while she was visiting me here in L.A., but I still feel like an adult. It's actually quite delicious. I'm not going to lie. So like, mom, if you're listening, can we like figure out how you can get me more of that? Or, you know, maybe I should just be an adult and get my own Costco membership. Anyway, (laughs) lots to cover on this show today. Um, We are spilling the Bravo tea. My spilling the Bravo tea, I do have more of a, a rant at first about Wendy on The Real Housewives of Potomac. And then I want to spill the Bravo tea on the Salt Lake City trailer, which that was one hell of a trailer. So, uh, yeah, let's just let's get into it. Actually, before I do that, sorry, I'm like all over the place today, but this is how I am in real life. So before I get into that, uh, I want to know, how was your week? You know, I just came back from vacation. My family came in. We went to the San Diego Zoo. We went to Disneyland. Then we went to Vegas and Arizona to catch up with some family. Um, I did go to Vanderpump Cocktail Bar. It was not my first time there. I have been there before, but it was a lot of fun. A couple people commented on Instagram that it's not as pretty as her restaurants out here in L.A., which is true. I'm going to be real. It's true. But like she's making do with what she can in a restaurant in Caesars Palace. And let's be real. Her rent there is probably triple what it is on Robertson Boulevard triple okay so she's making do the drinks are delicious I never have a problem with the drinks there yeah it was fun if you have the opportunity to go go should you hit up the LA restaurants first if you can yeah I would say so but it was a lot of fun we did not see Kara who was mini Sheena from last season but we did see her two years ago I don't know if she still works for her truthfully So maybe she doesn't, but I just want to clear her name once again, as I have on this podcast before. She was lovely to my mother and I, and I think she just took a little bit too much of the producer's Kool-Aid on the show. If you catch my drift, they were like, hey, start this drama. And she probably wanted to get on Vanderpump Rules. So she did what she was told and she kind of looked a fool on the show. But it's okay, Kara. I'm here to clear your name. Okay, okay. so now shall we spill the Bravo tea? I think it's a good time. So first, I want to say, leave Wendy alone, a la Chris Crocker, leave Brittany alone, okay? And I don't mean as far as her attitude is this season, because I think, you know, she's not being the greatest. Her tweets towards Mia, 
Zenwa and I have time. I think she's a little try hard there. But as far as how she's dressing and she's showing off her body, Giselle and Robin are coming for her like two mean girls. And we hate to see it. We absolutely hate to see it. Giselle actually goes even farther, and and Robin does too, to insinuate that Wendy got all this plastic surgery. So if you don't remember, she kind of got her boobs done, her butt done. I don't know if she got a full mommy makeover with her stomach. I forget, but like, who cares if she did? Um, so yeah, they're they're like, oh well, she's she's starting to be a little more provocative and dress provocatively because you know there's rumors of Eddie cheating. No, ladies, no. It's called a second season glow up. Like, everyone goes through it. Everyone goes through it. Some people are later than others, like Karen Huger. But everyone goes through it. Remember Teddy? Teddy saw what she looked like her first season, changed it up. So did Dorit. So did Marge from Jersey. Everyone goes through it. And, like, how could you blame them? How could you blame them? You see yourself on TV. You're not used to seeing what you look like every day. Like you see yourself in the mirror and that's one thing. But when you see yourself on camera, it's just like, oh, it's something different. Like I can't explain it to you unless you're used to seeing yourself on camera all the time, which you probably aren't. And I don't mean to sound like a big shot because I really don't see myself on camera all that much. But like I remember going back and seeing my demo and it's just like you're harder on yourself because you're seeing yourself interact not in real time. So of course they're going to look at themselves and be like, oh, maybe I could do a tweaking here, a hair extension here, a butt lift here. And there's nothing wrong with that because it's their bodies. If I were on this show and I saw how I look compared to the other women, I would probably march myself down to Beverly Hills. Who is it? Like Dr. Diamond. I would march myself over to him and be like, I'll have one of everything on the menu. One of everything. Now, I don't know how plastic surgery works because I don't have any. But in my mind, it works like the combo menu at In-N-Out where you can get like the burger and the fries and a drink. So for me, it would be like an eye lift, some lip injections and some Botox. And we'll call it a number three. And Wendy had her own combo menu and she looks great and she's embracing that. And Giselle and Robin need to back off. Wendy named her boobs Happy and S and mine are sad and less. And I would fix that. Leave Wendy alone. Leave her alone. I'm heated. Sorry. Like, why are we still, like, commenting on women's bodies? Why? It's 2021. Anyway, you know what else dropped? The Real Housewives of Salt Lake City trailer. And this dropped while I was on vacation. It was in the morning and we were in Arizona. So, you know, I was completely obnoxious and I was like, shh, everyone, I need to watch this. Like, don't talk to me. And it was worth it. Sorry, mom. It was worth it because the trailer was very good. There was a lot that went down. So first we meet the new wife. Her name is Jenny. And honestly, she seems like everything Jen wants to be because she's fashionable. She's rich. She's outrageous. She commands attention. And listen, I could be wrong here because, you know, I thought that Jen Shaw was going to be like this when we first saw the trailer for season one. I was so excited about Jen Shaw. And then I hated everything she was on camera. Jen was so try hard. She was so annoying. So like, could Jenny come out to be this way? It's very possible, but I am liking what I see of Jenny so far. Plus, we get a little sister-wife storyline there. They didn't elaborate too much, but from someone who looks like her husband, which by the way, which by the way, I thought her husband for like two seconds was Fred Armisen from SNL because they both got those glasses going on. And I was like, wait, what? But no, he looks nothing like him. That's just the result of me having terrible eyesight. I'm not even kidding you. My eyesight is atrocious. 
But yeah, there was a mention of like a sister wife thing. And I'm like, ooh, that's interesting. Because that's kind of what we thought this show was going to be from the get-go, at least I think. And there was really none of that. The closest we got to that was Mary marrying her step-grandfather. More on that in just a little bit. But I, you know, I could see Bravo wanting to avoid it to not buy into the normal Mormon Utah storyline that we'd expect you know like shows like TLC Sister Wives and then there was um escaping escaping polygamy that was a show it was a very good show um so I could see them wanting to stray away from that and kind of do their own thing but like give the people what they want bravo like this is something that's interesting to us I hate to sound insensitive about it but it's just a fact of life like we who aren't Mormon and who do not have this aspect of life in our, you know, daily scenarios, we would find that interesting. So, and I'm happy that Jenny got really offended at her husband about that. So it's going to be interesting to see that all play out. Heather's storyline is also going to be focused on her family and her child not wanting to be part of the Mormon church. And it also looks like she's still friends with Jen, which is interesting. Like, Heather, we're all rooting for you. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm going to be the first to admit I'm not a fan of Jen. I have no problem saying that. I have no problem saying that. Mary, yeah, so interesting season for Mary. The whole idea of her church being a cult is going to be explored this season, and it's about time. There was a account, I don't remember if it was Bravo Historian, no, Boredom by Bravo, I think, on Instagram, that was it, who did a deep dive into Mary's church, and it's interesting, like, is she a cult? We hear that she calls herself God, so I'm happy that this is going to be explored on the season this year. There's also Mary's the latest uh, Salt Lake City housewife to get into some legal trouble. Let me pull that up for you. So this is from People, and apparently she was charged with unlawfully providing shelter to a runaway and contributing to the delinquency of a minor. So I guess she is being accused of sowing a runaway who's underage in her home, and she pled not guilty. She's calling it a misunderstanding, and she's upset. But like, I don't know. I feel like she took a page from Jen's book. Again, I don't know. I'm not accusing her of anything, but... It seems like, you know, she's kind of copying Jen with Jen being like, this is a misunderstanding. These charges are BS. Well, who knows? Who knows? I don't know if we'll be seeing any of that play out this season, but I hope we do because that's just really interesting. And I wonder if that plays into the whole culty accusations dealio. Mm. You know who else is not doing well? Jen and Meredith's friendship. They had a fallout. So a lot of it does play into Brooks and Jen's feud from last season, which like we're still talking about her vagina. Why? Why? Like we don't need to hear about this. Like Brooks was offended and that was that. And Brooks is talking to Meredith and said that Jen liked a tweet saying that the person who tweeted it said, I want Jen to slap Brooks and call him a sissy bitch, which is so rude. That is so rude. So I can see Brooks being mad at Jen and I can see Meredith being mad at Jen because Brooks is her son. Listen, is Brooks my favorite person ever? No. Do I think he's, you know, looking for a little bit of 15 minutes of fame on the show? Obviously, he's got his fashion line, but he's doing it smart. Listen, if my mom were a real housewife, I'd be like, hire me for all your hosting needs. Like she'd be cooking and I'd, I'd come out with a freaking bottle of wine, like pretending it's a microphone and being like, hello, we're coming to you live from my mother's kitchen. Rhea, what are you cooking tonight? 
That's what I would do. So I think think that Brooks is, you know, playing it smart. I just do. Also, did you notice, because right next we cut to a picture of Jen. I think they're on the slopes or footage of Jen. And she's wearing the same ugly tiara hat that Giselle had from Potomac. And like we all roasted the freaking hell out of that hat. We all did that. We're like, oh, no, there's no way that this hat is ever going to make it on TV again because it's just so hideous. And who's wearing it? Jen Shaw. So perhaps those millions are going away quicker than we thought, which I think her she does have a spending limit anyway. But like, I promise you, I have seen that hat in a Vegas gift shop like five years ago going for like $25.99, which is overpriced. For those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, it's literally a baseball cap and it's bedazzled with like a tiara on it. It's so tacky. It's so hideous, but like not one, but two housewives have worn it. So do with that what you will. Yeah, that's just, I don't know. I'm sorry. That's just really funny to me. Whitney, though, is accusing Meredith of turning Jen in or turning some info that implicates Jen and her arrest. So that was really interesting to me. It was kind of reminiscent of Teresa Judice's arrest and how people blame Caroline Manzo for reporting her to the feds which we don't know if that's true or not. Are we going to find out if this is true with Meredith and Jen? We don't know. Meredith denies it. And then she gives her famous, I'm disengaging. And I love that Meredith is capitalizing on this. She got a lot of flack for being like, oh, I'm disengaging. If you're on TV, you're supposed to fight with people. That's the whole point. But like she's owning it. She's making it her brand. This is probably where Brooks gets it from. We love it. We love an entrepreneurial family. We love an entrepreneurial mother-son duo. That's why they have money, and I don't. That is why. And then she drops the iconic line, who's calling who a fraud? Love you, baby. I love her. I love Meredith. Meredith commented on my photo the other day. She gave me two heart emojis, and I almost peed my pants because I love Meredith. She might be one of my favorite. You know what? This is controversial, but I'm going to say it anyway. I think Meredith might be my new favorite housewife of all the franchises. It used to be Erica, like many people's. But obviously, like, Erica is accused of horrible things. So I can no longer support that unless she's proved innocent. So I think that Meredith might be my favorite housewife. And then finally, the trailer wraps up with, I I assume it's a lawyer telling Jen, you know, like, this is taken... Um, I think it was a U.S. district attorney. I think that's what he said. Like, this is really basically he's just saying this. These charges are serious for normal people language. These charges are serious. And she's like, oh, should we get Kim Kardashian on my legal team? (laughs) She's like, she's still trying hard. She's still trying hard. And that's no shade to Kim Kardashian and the amazing work she's done in the legal community. That's just a, a shade at Jen trying to be relevant. Which, like, I hope this is her last season. I hope. I'm so over her. Do you like Jen? I don't know. Mm. All right. So that's all the Bravo tea I have to spill for you this week. Why don't we get into our Shaw's season finale recap, okay? And to be fair, I did kind of mix up because I watched two episodes of Shaw's back-to-back yesterday, obviously because I missed last week's because I was away. So... I do have I started recapping the previous week's episode and I'm like oh my god wait no that was last week's so 
I kind of have both in there and I think it's relevant. So like the one thing I do want to bring up is, you know, Paulina admitting to Destiny that she left Mike and admitting that Mike's the one who told her not to talk to anyone in the group. I think that was huge. I think it just shows what a manipulative douchebag Mike is and how this group, I don't want to say they let him get away with so much, but it's like the second they open up, it's like, oh, we forgive Mike. But like, he's just this like evil, evil person. I'm sorry. It's going to take a lot for me to forgive him. He just triggers me so much because he's just a liar and he reminds me of bad people I've dealt with. So that was one thing. And we do see more of that play out in the following episode. And another thing I did want to mention was Destiny and MJ's emotional conversation about motherhood. Because I always said that these two would come together now that they were mothers. And that's important. I feel, I mean, again, I don't have kids. But I feel like if you aren't speaking to someone, or even if you are speaking to someone and you just have kids that are around similar ages, you have kids at the same time, that's a bond you're not going to have with anyone else because you both went through something similar. So I'm glad that Gigi opened up to um, MJ that she's feeling a little bit selfish and she's worried that people are going to judge her for wanting her to be a mom. There was a beautiful moment where, you know, Gigi's like, I just am afraid people are going to call me selfish. And MJ said, for what? For wanting to be a mother? And MJ or Gigi was like, yeah, I did this on my own. And that's something she worries about. And that's the side of Gigi we don't really see. So kudos to Gigi for opening up about that. That had to be difficult. That really did. And I'm glad that those two seem like their relationship is on the up and up. Tommy and MJ and Reza, though, their relationship does not seem on the up and up. And going back to last episode, MJ went to Reza and said, listen, like you could drop the restraining order. It doesn't matter to Tommy. I do think Tommy's being a little bit unfair. Uh, I don't know. It's hard. And I, I realize a lot of people have different opinions from that than I do. And we'll get more into that. And that's my opinion. Yes, it is back this week. But clearly MJ's friendship with Reza makes MJ so happy. And listen, I know when you marry someone else, like they take priority over the friendships. But this is like 30 years of a friendship that, you know, is down the drain. And I'm sure before MJ met Tommy, like she and Reza would be like, when we have kids, when we have kids. So the fact that Reza cannot be in contact with this child who is the namesake of MJ's father who Reza was very close with it's heartbreaking and you know MJ does tell him like listen doesn't matter if you drop the restraining order Tommy's not all about it and Reza's visibly upset it's understandable but it it was nice that it, it didn't seem like it affected MJ's friendship with Reza now do we know if that's still true I'm not 100% sure because when Reza was on Watch What Happens Live this weekend or last night or two nights ago, if you're listening to it when it comes out, he did hint. I don't remember exactly what he said, but he brought up the reunion and it just it didn't sound like things are still good with MJ, which is upsetting because I really I'm rooting for those two. It's hard, but I'm rooting for those two. I was team MJ between the whole MJ and Reza fight. Make no mistake about it. But I I do think that Reza has expressed a lot of remorse. And it's time for Tommy to move on. It's just time. All right. So this week we've got the THC infused spirit animal dinner, which, by the way. Oh, wait. Backtrack. Bloop, 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 bloop. First they go fly fishing. And it's really funny because they all have to put on those outfits and like it's just a hot mess. Nobody knows what they're doing. They're just like waving lines around the place. And I wouldn't be much better because I'm going to be honest with you. 
up until this moment, I had no idea why it was called fly fishing. And I don't know what I was imagining. Like, I don't know if I thought it was like you were flying in a plane and then trying to fish or like you use flies to catch fish. But I did not realize that the reason why they call it fly fishing is because of the the line you use. It's really lightweight. So I would not be a good fly fisher lady, too. And that's that. I feel like all the activities they got on this vacation were taken from previous franchises which I get listen I know it's COVID we're dealing with what we can do you know it's all limited but like we did the fishing which they just did on Real Housewives in New York we did the murder mystery that's been done on New York that's been done on Atlanta that's been done on Dallas and then tonight they have the THC infused spirit animal dinner which I thought was really cool but it was a little reminiscent of the Burning Man dinner that we just saw on the Real Housewives in New York especially when they burn what they want to get rid of so I don't know I don't know if they're, you know, sharing ideas between production departments. I don't know if we're reusing the budget because times are rough, but it, it was just an observation. I don't hate it. I don't love it, but I don't hate it. But yeah, sorry, wine sip there. This wine is so good. This wine is so good. So everyone gets their own spirit animals. I don't remember exactly who was who. Like Mike was the bat. Um, Gigi was the bear. I do remember Reza was a hyena and it was like being the trickster and whatever. They all have shady descriptions. Like they all have accurate descriptions, but there's always an underlying thing of shade, which like I would be pissed off, but they liked it. So good on them. I would have been so pissed off. Reza, like, so I said he was the hyena, right? He's embracing this character and he's like laughing at everything. He's like, hee hee hee. Well, that was a terrible impression. Do not hire me. <laughs> but yeah, he, and then he laughs at Mike being faithful. Like at one point that came up, which is kind of funny. And Mike takes it so maturely. And I'm kidding. He does what he does best. And, you know, he gets up and he storms off. But Destiny comes through and she's like, you know, you, you're not being truthful with us. Which we know she had that conversation with Paulina where Paulina gave us the dirt on how Mike truly is. And how, you know, she's like, I'm done. I've I've left him. He's the reason why I am not allowed to talk to you guys. He's telling me not to. He's shady. He's done this before. So, yeah, that that dinner, obviously, it it blows up. And Mike talks to MJ and she's like, he's like, listen, You know, Paulina and I are on a break. But then he goes to say, he's like, well, we didn't break up. We don't have that in our relationship. And that's just Mike being like typical stubborn Mike. He can't admit shit like he just can't. It's not in his blood, which is disgusting. It's so annoying. So like we get the impression that they're broken up from destiny. He's telling MJ, no, they're just on a break. I don't know. They have their little burning ceremony where they all drop what they'd like to get rid of. And poor London catches heat for like having more than one thing she wants to burn. But like she can't read the room. That's not her strong suit. I don't know if she's going to be back next season. I did like that she provided levity and she was a source of knowledge when it comes to the ever changing relationships on the show. I don't know if she's going to be big enough to be a driving main character on this show, but we'll see. We will see. So then the next morning, Mike admits that he loves attention. And like, that's why he engaged with these girls on Instagram and he reads the text message. He's like, I love attention. And then I think it was Gigi was like, you have a sex addiction or London. I don't remember who said that. And he's like, no, 
I just love attention. Like, he got really offended at that because, you know, it's Mike and he can't, I don't know. He just can't do anything right. That's mean, but true. And but it's just so funny. He's like, I love attention. That's why I interact with these other girls. And everyone's like, yay, we're so proud of you. We're so proud of you for admitting this. I'm like, okay, I don't want to ever knock anyone for opening up, especially when they haven't done it before in God knows how many seasons of this show and they've never once been truthful. But we're also praising him for doing the bare minimum. Okay, the bare minimum. Wow, you opened up about cheating on your girlfriend. That's so exciting. I'm so proud of you. No. No. How about don't cheat? How about don't do it to begin with? I don't know. It was. It's just very frustrating how they let Mike off easy, which is why I tend to side more with Reza in all this because he's not afraid to be hard on him. Listen, do I agree with all of Reza, like the how he does it and his delivery? No, I don't. But at least somebody's trying to hold him accountable because nobody else in this group is. Nobody else in this group is. I'm sorry. And I like that Gigi, though, she does hold him accountable here. And she's like, listen, if you're working on fixing yourself, it's literally not fair to Paulina and her children to keep them around. It's not fair. So you need to let them go while you figure out your yourself, which I bravo, Gigi. Gigi has shown a lot of growth this season, too. So I, I don't know. I agree with that. But we do know that. Mike and Pauline are together now because of Instagram. And then at the end of the episode, you see this whole romantic movie. Like, I wonder how many times the producers had to do this. It reminded me of something of The Bachelor where, like, Mike knocks on Pauline's door and then she nods and lets him in. I'm like, okay, they probably had to do that at least 50 times. Like, cut. Okay, Mike, go back down the hallway. Okay, walk on. Knock on the door. Paulina nod. No, you nodded too soon. Cut. Do it again. That's what it went down, like, in my mind. So awkward. So forced. So forced, but I hope they're happy. I do kind of Paulina leave him. That's mean. I'm sorry. Um, and finally we wrap up with Reza giving that heartfelt note to MJ um for Tommy. Well, that happened then when they were on vacation. He's like, listen, I wrote this note. Do you want to okay it for me? And he read it and he's like, I regret everything. You keeping the baby for me is a death sentence. You know, I don't, there's not a day that goes by where I don't think about it. Something like that. Really heartfelt. Seems really genuine. So when MJ goes to give that note to Tommy when they return, he ripped it up and he's like, I don't need to read this letter. That's my Tommy impression. I just failed all of New York. I'm sorry. He's just done. And you could see the pain in MJ's eyes. And on Watch What Happen li- Happens Live, um, Reza was really upset that Tommy reacted that way too. Listen, Do I understand it? Yeah, I can see Tommy being upset and not wanting to forgive. But like, you know how they say that when you hate someone else, it's like drinking poison. There's a quote about it. I forgot. I used to know it really well. Oh, drinking poison and wishing the other person would die or something like that. That's kind of what Tommy's doing at this point. It's not making anything better. Like, I think he's just doing this purposely to hurt Reza and it's there comes a point where it's like okay I know deep down you probably want MJ to 100% side with you but she's like I said before she's been friends with Reza for years there's like a ton of history what there's what 30 years of history there you can't just erase that you can't just erase that and I know he should be number one and he will always be number one but there just has to be some sort of compromise here otherwise it's just there's just going to be this divide. And I'm sure it's not going to make things better between him and MJ and their relationship. 
And I don't, sadly, after seeing Tommy do that, I don't know if there's going to be a reconciliation with Reza. But, like, I would just love to see Reza hold baby shams. I would. I don't know. Maybe that's an unpopular opinion. We'll find out because it's never. That's my opinion! Yes, that's my opinion. So on my Instagram page, at Diana Jebbia, um, I asked you for your Shaw opinions. That's my fun way of saying Shaw's opinions. And you delivered. So Marissa, Marissa delivered this week. It's the Marissa show. And we're all listening and watching you, okay? Marissa says she agrees with Tommy's decision not to let Reza see Shams get. So that's completely opposite what I said, which I respect. I respect and I get. There's probably a lot of hurt on his end. And he's like, nah, not yet. And then she said, Nima will always have it bad for Gigi. He will. He will. I would love to see Nima and Gigi together. I think they would be such a beautiful couple. I don't know if that's something we'll ever see. But I just, yeah, I don't know. Because Nima... Seems like he's a loyal, faithful gem of a man. And Gigi says she likes more of the polygamous lifestyle, which there's nothing wrong with that. It just doesn't make her a good match for Nima. So, yeah, that's what we've got for That's My Opinion this week. And like that, just like that, we wrap up yet another episode of the Believe in Bravo Besties podcast. Oh, my goodness, you guys. And we wrap up the Shaws of Sunset season. But we do have the reunion next week. It does look like it's going to be a promising one. And you know I'm going to be recapping that. So, my friend, here's your homework. Okay? Your homework. I want you to follow me, Diana Jebbia, G-E-B-B-I-A, on TikTok and Instagram. Subscribe to this podcast if you haven't already. Slap that subscribe button like a cute little tush. It's been a pandemic. We haven't slapped asses in a while. Well, I mean, maybe you have from six feet away. Maybe you have really long arms. I don't know. (laughs) Write a nice review. Tell me you did so I can give you a shout out. Make sure you follow Believe Podcast on Instagram at B-L-E-A-V and Believe Pop Culture. And I will talk to you next week, you sweet little gem of a babe, yo. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.